This is Garage. <laughs> this is Garage Logic Podcast number one ten, March four, twenty nineteen. It was twenty two below on this day in eighteen seventy three, but back in two thousand, it was sixty one degrees in downtown Garage Logic. And now, from the mayor's office above. And now. From the mayor's office, above the boathouse, on the east shore of Spoon Lake, it's Garage Logic with Rookie on Production, Chris Reavers, Director of Social Media, John Hyde in the newsroom, and occasionally Kenny from the Krabby Coffee Shop. Here is your flashlight king, fireworks commissioner, and keeper of common sense, your mayor, Joe Souchere. Good afternoon. Good afternoon. Hi. Good Hi. afternoon. Good afternoon. You know, when somebody says good afternoon, you're supposed to respond. Is that like in church when the priest says something? You say, hey, good morning, Father. Do you, are you required to respond? Dreadful tornadoes struck Alabama. 23 people dead, and that count could change. Unfortunately, it could change upwards. The only reason I bring it up is they had five minutes of warning. Yeah. How can that be? In this day and age. It's 2019. Yep. A tornado watch. We're here. I'll give you the timeline. We're talking Lee County, Alabama. A tornado watch for Lee County was issued at noon yesterday, Sunday, March 3rd. Then a tornado warning was issued for Lee County at 3, three o'clock. Mm-hmm. All right. So beginning at noon, you should have had a, an eagle eye out. At 3... It's a flat-out warning. Mm-hmm. At 3.03, there were already reports of damage. Further damage reports, 3.30. Second tornado warning at 3.38 p.m. And 10 minutes later, reports of damage. My question is, this is dreadful and horrible, and I'm sorry people lost their lives, but we're supposed to believe you're going to tell me what the temperature is 100 years from now? And and these people had a five minute warning on a tornado. That's, That's what makes no sense right, to me. Right. That's what you have to keep reminding people. It's twenty nineteen. Mm-hmm. How could that be? It's an unfortunate, accurate example of uh, we we have no idea. And you're going to. This tell was me. a massive tornado, uh, reportedly a half mile wide. Yeah, and, so- <laughs> is it an example of people losing sight of nature? I thought it was consecutive tornadoes. Was it just there one? There were two. Oh, okay. I thought. But my point being, okay, you got to watch at noon. You're looking at immediately. I'm going to at least take a sky. look. You're you looking know. at the sky. Yeah. I want to know where my on. kids are. Right. Wait, right. we got to watch. Be careful. Hang out. Now at three, we got a warning. And then, boom. But the warning preceded the damage by just minutes. Well, a war- but so but don't a- tell me what the temperature is going to be a hundred years from now. A warning is issued though when they see a tornado, so that would make sense. That would that would happen right. that quickly. Well, but the watch the isn't. Man. I'm going to go with you. They, they won't issue a warning until the tornado's seen. But anytime you get that um, that gray colored or yeah. peach colored sky where it just it looks weird, you're right. I, you're at the window every five minutes, going, uh, "What's going on?" Or you're turning the radio on or the uh, television on mm-hmm. to find out what's coming. A, if I can find it real quick, here it is. Chief offsite correspondent. No, this is Jordy, frequent uh, offsite correspondent Jordy. Hi, John. Need a break 
Is that me? Yeah, yeah. I need a break. What are you, deaf? Pardon me, let me turn that down. It's a pop-up It's my computer. Jeez. Thank goodness it wasn't the last thing you were looking at. Hey. Jordy says you're on to something, Mayor. There's even a name for it now. There is a word for the trauma caused by distance from nature. It's called psychoterratica. No. Yeah, there's a there's a word now for people who've lost any relationship or disconnect from nature. Psychoterratica. Disconnection from nature can be bad for our mental health, or in the case of these poor Alabamans, uh, bad for your actual life. I'm not suggesting that the people who died in Alabama have lost their relationship with nature, but it does make you wonder. Uh, it makes me wonder a lot of things. Why were the warnings so lax? And why did the tornado that caused the damage hit so soon after the warning? John says because they wait till it's on the ground. But there's a word for it. If it was nature, if if you're disconnected from nature, there's a word for it, and the word is uh, what the hell's the word? Psychoteratica. Oh. Psychoteratica. Psychoteratica. See, Johnny, we have this conversation. It seems like once a year. I always thought the warning was in place if they thought. A watch is in place. If a they watch think means conditions, conditions are, are correct. Okay. Yes. And a warning is as soon as one is spotted, boom, a warning is issued. Not on the ground, but as soon as one it's is seen. It's a funnel cloud is seen, yes, in, the is seen in the sky. Mm-hmm. Yep. Man. Can we get a- AOC out of the way today, okay, uh, Alexandria Occasional Cortex? Okay. Let's just get her out of the way early. Now, I, remember I said I was going to do my best to try to avoid her? Yes. There's a new theory I was discussing with a fellow over the weekend. Maybe you don't avoid her. Maybe you keep pointing out her folly as an example of this is your party. This to is your Democratic her. Party. Yeah. Mm-hmm. This is where they're going. This is who you're you're all becoming beholden to is this 29-year-old bartender from the failed academy mm-hmm. who has preposterous ideas. And, uh, um, and What did you and, find out over the weekend? Well, the Greenpeace co-founder oh, uh, so has called her a pompous little twit. Patrick Moore, the co-founder of the environmental group Greenpeace, ripped into New York Democratic Representative Alexandria Occasional Cortex over the weekend as a pompous twit, saying the Green New Deal plan she's advocating is completely crazy. In a series of tweets, Moore argued Ocasio, uh, Occasional Cortex, uh, who has called for drastically reducing fossil fuel production, doesn't realize what would happen across the world if the radical plan were implemented. If fossil fuels were banned, every tree in the world would be cut down for fuel for cooking and heating, Moore said uh, in a tweet directed at her. You would bring about mass death. Moore left Greenpeace after 15 years and is now uh, critical of the group, later writing the book Confessions of a Greenpeace Dropout, The Making of a Sensible Environmentalist. Uh, Greenpeace years ago has distanced itself from Moore. Oh, because he didn't fit the template that they wanted him to uh, use. He also refers to Occasional Cortex as a garden variety hypocrite in response to a New York Post story that said the Democrat frequently used uh, Uber and Lyft rides during her 2018 campaign. I, I, I didn't say the words that preceded Uber and Lyft rides. What were those two words? Uh... Gas guzzling. Gas guzzling. Oh, sure. I was going to say spewing. Uh, uh, Instead of taking the subway station near her campaign office. You're just a garden variety hypocrite like the others, and you have zero expertise in any of the things you pretend to know, Moore said. Occasional Cortex responded to that story over the weekend, saying she's living in the world as it is, but she said she wouldn't be an art. There shouldn't be an argument against working towards a better future. 
Yeah. Okay, you moron. You're a moron. And there's there's a, a more qualified guy than me saying. And here's the story uh, that exposes her uh, frequent automobile use, uh, which is fine with me, by the way. What's my rule of thumb? Mm-hmm. She can take a card if she wants. But you but don't get can... to lecture me. Right. Mm-hmm. You ain't no Pedro Luca. Right. And she's hopping in the Uber, the Lyft, and she's got the train station seven minutes away. You know how they got her out of first class? They told her first class wasn't going to Washington. That's right. Oh, That's I right. forgot about that. That's travel related. Uh, many, many emailers wanted me to see this piece about uh, gas guzzling car rides expose AOC's hypocrisy amid Green New Deal pledge. I got news for you, people. This is an example of just lousy journalism. The modern automobile is not a gas guzzler. No. They don't 72 Nova? They don't, 72 Nova might be a gas guzzler. But these aren't gas guzzlers. It's just become this loaded, <laughs> preposterous cliche. You're supposed to see flames right. leaving right. the exhaust pipe. <laughs> Plume of smoke. Uh, she wants to save the planet with a Green New Deal, but she keeps, keeps tripping over her giant carbon footprint. Uh, I don't want to read any more about her, but I wanted to get her out of the way early, leading up to a brilliant email from a listener. Uh, Since declaring her candidacy in May of 2017, Occasional Cortex has heavily relied on combustible engine cars, even though a subway station was 138 feet from her Elmhurst campaign office. She listed 1,049 transactions for Uber, Lyft, Juno, and other car services federal filings show. The campaign had 505 Uber expenses alone. In all, Occasional Cortex spent... $29,365.70 $29,365.70 on those emission-spewing vehicles. So so here's whoever wrote this. Yeah, where do they stand? Whoever, uh, whoever wrote this for the, what, what am I, for the New York Post mm-hmm. uh, is a believer. Let me start over. Whoever wrote this is using every cliche in the world to fit the template of news gathering organizations believing in global warming, and yet he's calling her out for her her hypocrisy. You get what I'm trying to say? I do. Yes. Mm-hmm. These are gas, you know, emission spewing. You got to get spew in there. <laughs> uh, even though her Queens headquarters was a one minute walk to the seven train, the oh, campaign one. doled out eighty three hundred bucks on Metro card transactions. Okay, I don't care. I, I, I guess by the New York standards, the New York Post standards, this was thought to be a hard hitting. A piece. Uh, there's no, uh, there, there's no doubt whatsoever that, of course, she's a garden variety hypocrite. But isn't this the same on par with? Uh, was it the Tim Walls party you walked past? Yeah, every where every one of them had a giant SUV. Right, <laughs> yeah, right. And what? here today he's out. Oh, we're going to bring green jobs to the state of Minnesota. <laughs> Thanks, Timmy. We're all well. I'm not because I'm not a. I'm a denier. Great. Denier. So I'm not a hypocrite. Well, you are just not about this. <laughs> no, I'm not. A, I'm not a hypocrite. I I, I I love cars. I'm going to own as many as I can, mm-hmm. and uh, be, and I'm not going to lecture you, and because I'm not fearful. I'm not frightened. Mm-hmm. Unlike those uh, school children that assaulted uh, Senator Feinstein. Oh. No, and we're not going to play it again because we get a lot no, of email. Can't. Yeah, we can't play. It. Saying, I keep please. getting email about it, and I can't play it again. I'm sorry. No, I, I can't listen to it. It's too disturbing. It really is. No. Mike Benson writes, I love our listeners. This is a hell of an email. Everybody paying attention. I love when they do our work for us. <laughs> no, he's just doing some of oh, our thinking. Okay. 
Joe, I started checking out the science behind climate change in about 2008, as I thought I should understand what all the fuss was about. I have fairly good critical thinking skills, and as an engineer, my job depends on applying the scientific method in various ways to try and make my company money. Over the last 10 years, the only thing I have been able to prove is that it's impossible to empirically prove that catastrophic climate change due to carbon dioxide produced by humans exists. Essentially, I am told I just have to believe the unprovable. To me, this sounds an awful lot like a religion. I would say for climate activists, it is definitely a religion. So what started as a scientific debate has essentially become a bunch of people trying to persuade me to join their religion. All I can figure out is the only requirement to be a climate change activist is this. To be a climate change activist, you need to be too smart to believe in religion, but not smart enough to realize you already belong to one. Wow. <laughs> Spot on. Mike wow. Benson. That's an Read that last answer. line again. To be a climate change activist, you need to be too smart to believe in religion, but not smart enough to realize you already belong to one. <laughs> Isn't that amazing. wonderful? That is amazing. Isn't that wonderful? That's a great quote that we need to remember. I'll, I'll set it aside. Yeah, set it aside. I'll Put it in the file. Aside. I'll set it aside. Are you guys aware of my favorite store, the Minnesotan? One of my favorite clothing stores, the I Minnesotan. Out in White Bear Lake, downtown White Bear Lake, just in time for the Minnesota Hockey Tournament, the Minnesotan is celebrating 75 years of that legendary activity in downtown St. Paul. Uh, you can play the Minnesota State High School Hockey Tournament Online Bracket Challenge for a chance to win a $250 gift card to the Minnesotan. It's free to play. They have exclusive state tourney apparel releases, hats, shirts, sweatshirts, jerseys. They're even providing a Minnesotan Express shuttle from downtown White Bear Lake to the XL Energy Woo! Center for the first session of the AA tournament on Thursday. They leave the store at 9.30 a.m. Go on their website, theminnesotan.com. This is extraordinary heritage clothing, a really unique idea. Visit them. You can also visit online for exclusive tourney products, bracket challenge, sign-up information, and to reserve seats on the Minnesotan Express to the State High School Hockey Tournament. Also included now, what's coming up? The St. Patrick's Day apparel. It's just an amazing collection. Well, let me tell you. Uh, tell them you're a GL or you get a little discount at the Minnesotan. You know, it's tomorrow in New Orleans. Hmm. Yeah, I do. Fat the Mardi Gras? It's Fat Tuesday. 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 Oh, that's right already. Dang. I'm going to really live up Fat Tuesday this year, too. I'm I'm trying to figure this out. We're turning ourselves into pretzels, trying to figure out. We're all twisted up, trying to figure out this uh, racial sensitivity and cultural appropriation and what have you. Mm -hmm. Winter carnival-like. Uh, they have crews down in New Orleans, spelled with a K, K-R-E-W-E-S, crews. Okay, yeah, kind of like the Vulcan crew sometimes. And they got the buttons and the beads and the costumes and the whole deal. Is that uh, a C or two Ks? That's got a K. <laughs> Every year, members of the city's Zulu Social Aid and Pleasure Club. That's the Zulu <laughs> Social Aid and Pleasure Club. They put on grass skirts, feather headdresses, and bone jewelry. For the Mardi Gras parade. Uh, The practice has been an oddity existing in plain sight since the Zulu Club 
adopted it in 1909 to pay homage to Zulu warriors in South Africa. Um, they're being criticized for blackface, but they're black people. What? (laughs) It's a predominantly African-American crew. Oh, my God. It's a predominantly African-American social club. Okay. Wow. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And they paint their faces black. Now, uh, they do have some white members, but I want to know why, A, a black member of the Zulus would bother to eat, paint your face Thank black. You. You're already got the thing yeah. going for you. Mm-hmm. You know, and do they ask who are they with? Is this is this good enough? Does this am I am I is this working for me? And two, so what if you do? You're black. You're black. Right. You, you get are. to do that. That's like this moron community activist last week who said, "Well, if you target smokers, if you profile smokers on the light rail train, that could dis uh, uh, that could disproportionately affect people of color." No. It ain't profiling if you're smoking. They're smoking. There's, that's what we're looking for is smoking. Right. We're not looking for skin color. <laughs> Here they're getting they're getting criticized. Uh, the, the Zulu club tradition is now under new scrutiny. Uh, Zulu was one of the many African-American social aid and pleasure clubs in New Orleans. Pleasure club sounds kind of... Yeah, it does. <laughs> yeah, what, is, what are they doing? <laughs> Hello. Hi. I'm going to go check out the bathing beauties. <laughs> the club sponsored community service projects, surf as so, uh, serve as social gathering spots, and organize lively parades that wind through the streets of the city's neighborhoods on Sundays. On Fat Tuesday, massive crowds gather along the parade route to watch the floats try to watch the floats and try to catch a painted coconut, the Zulu prize throw. This is what the Zulus are doing. I'm not... <laughs> The Zulu Club was founded in response to the racism that was present was present in the Mardi Gras, where black people were not allowed to participate in the parade day celebrations of historically white social clubs, said Chantrell Lewis, a historian who studies blackface traditions. Uh, okay, but now some in New Orleans are including the are accusing the Zulu Club of racism. Uh, because they're black and they're they have blackface. Mm-hmm. The Zulu Club has faced similar criticism before. In 1949, musician Louis Armstrong was pilloried when he appeared on a float at the head of the Zulu parade with his face painted black. I don't know why. If you're black, you'd fa- paint your face black. <laughs> uh, if I would live in, lived in New Orleans, I would be on the side of the Zulus. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I think so. There's a couple pictures well, of the... I have something along the same lines uh, from the failed academy. In other words, that one's kind of ironic because black people are getting accused of blackface. Mm-hmm. Uh, Doug sent me this from Sioux Falls, South Dakota. I'll see if you guys can catch what I was thinking okay. when I read it. Rook, get me the lake. Don't yep. be playing around with Zulus. I just wanted to see a couple of photos. You yeah. ready? Yep. Let's see if you so see if you came to the same conclusion I okay. did. This is this is uh, this can be linked to the Zulu Club. All right. Where black people are being called racist for using blackface. That's right. That's right. The University of South Dakota has launched an investigation into the Student Bar Association's decision to change the name of its winter social event from Hawaiian Day to Beach Day. 
The group said earlier it was changing the name because it was advised by law school administrators that it violated the school's policy of inclusiveness. A law school student had raised concerns that handing out lays at the party could be culturally insensitive. (laughs) University of South Dakota President Sheila Gestring said in a statement this weekend that the investigation will focus on the actions of the interim administration of the law school. Gestring says the investigation will determine whether those actions violated the Board of Regents policies on freedom of expression. She says administrative censorship of student speech and expression is a serious matter and not something USD condones. Well, what's wrong with that? Okay. How can that be cultural appropriation? They're handing out lays. Well, they call it Hawaiian Day. I suppose right. in the dead of summer, John, and Vermilion, you're going to reach for anything, aren't yes. you? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Is it because they're attaching what you're, is you're, a, you're overthinking this. A region? You're, you're overthinking this. How can anything about Hawaii be cultural appropriation? They're Americans. It's, just, it's Hawaii. It's a state. How can it's? It'll be like it'd be like a school having Bill Johnson Day. <laughs> There's nothing. What's to culturally appropriate? Hawaii is Hawaii. They're Hawaii. They're Hawaiians. They're American citizens. They're Americans. But they're but the the student body is attaching an ethnicity. To, yeah, some Polynesian history right. to uh, to lays, which is absurd in and of itself. B as in B, right. S as in S. There's nothing. Think... There's nothing. Uh, what was the word about it? Uh, somebody raised concerns. Oh, there's. Well, how can it be culturally insensitive? It'd be like it'd be like if Minnesota had a uh, square dance in honor of Nebraska. <laughs> how can that be culturally insensitive? We're all Americans. That's real. This is really see a in GL. We're all at Americans, not no with these what. idiots. No matter what, that's what I'm saying. Um. So what are they going to do about this? Is, are they well? If I'm interpreting the uh, school's president correctly, she might be a little puzzled as to why this would be a problem. She would be like you saying, "Hey, uh, Hawaii is Hawaii. We're not. You can't rip Hawaii. You can't offend Hawaii or Hawaiians." Well, let's let's say uh, let, I'm trying to think of a cultural plus offend, offend, offend. I'm sure the people of Hawaii are happy to be recognized with uh, a celebration. That yeah, or they're they, having fun. That or they just don't care. Probably. No, no, it's right. not a story. It, it's it'd be like if the U of M had an Iowa corn fest. Okay. Well, who can you? You're offend? not. You're not culturally appropriating anything. Corn, uh, we got a lot. You, I can get you some corn by corn 3 o'clock. And Iowa's right across the border. Yeah. They're American, too. They're they're a state. Hawaii's a state. Where's the cultural insensitivity? Uh, based on your last two stories, yeah. ha- have we ever come up with either a term or some type of description to to define those who are offended for somebody else? In other words, this student at South Dakota is offended for Hawaiian people. Well, well, it well, almost, well, it almost becomes, doesn't it almost become power washing? Uh, to a certain extent, it does. The, 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 somebody's power washing lays, L-E-I-S, <laughs> lays, the flowers. But this Just student, I forget the name of the student, this student, student wasn't named is offended for yet. somebody else. Right, right. So, what do you care? No, they, they're, because they're, it's the failed academy mm-hmm. and they're nuts. I have a distinct memory of my, gra- memory of my grandmother who went to Hawaii in about 1956. She was very elderly then. Mm-hmm. Well, not that elderly. 
She probably in her like 40s. You were a kid, so. Maybe her 40s or 50s. And she had the bad grandma shoes, you know, the lace-up <laughs> boots <laughs> and the and the heavy wool skirt dress, you know. And and she got off the plane uh, with a lay on. Okay. Yeah. That's all I remember. <laughs> That's it? Well, I mean, and I didn't see her at the airport. I, somehow I must have been in the car or something to bring her home from the airport. She had the flowered lay on. She kept it on the entire time, I would imagine. Why she went to Hawaii, I have no idea. I was just going to say, in the the 50s or whatever it was. She hadn't had a husband by then for 30 years, 25 years. He checked out a little early? Yeah. And uh, don't get me going on that. And then then she was a, a... a very gifted organist and pianist. Okay. And she must have, that must have been part of it. And she went mm-hmm. over there to... Maybe to perform yeah, or... Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, the, the convention was in Hawaii that year. Well, you know, today, you know, you get the flip-flops and you got the lay on. Oh, yeah. Grandma looks oh, yeah. like she's about 28. Yeah. Grandma's and, been working out and it's... And she like, had, I think she had the pillbox hat on and the whole deal, you know. <laughs> <laughs> Why don't we come back with the newsman? This is Patrick Ricey for the Canopy Group. We are coming up on St. Patrick's Day. You know, the luck of the Irish. Well, do you have only one agent representing one company for your home and auto insurance? Then you're trying to get lucky. At the Canopy Group, we wish you only the best of luck. But we also believe you deserve more than luck when it comes to your home and auto insurance. You need to rely on a process. Canopy Group has 20 agents and 16 companies. Their process carefully selects from their 16 companies the best coverage at the best price for your personal insurance needs. No luck, just a disciplined and dedicated process to serving you each and every year. Remember, new clients enjoy an average savings of over $600. Contact the Canopy Group today at 800-967-3389 or visit them online at thecanopygroup.com You'll learn more here by accident than elsewhere by design. Here's Joe Suchere. Johnny, your news today is brought to us in part by RF Moeller Jewelry Stores, Ford in Cleveland and St. Paul, 50th in France in Edina and downtown Minneapolis, the people at Molars have been helping guys like us figure stuff out for 67 years. I watch us from Molar. Here's John Height in the newsroom. Thanks, Joe. The U.S. Corps of Engineers is visiting Forest Lake Monday to start its snowpack survey and predict how much spring flooding is ahead. Communities along the St. Croix River Valley are bracing for potentially record-setting floods this year. This year, the state snowpack is five inches higher than the last record-setting snowpack in 1965. Officials said communities throughout Minnesota are already on track for significant flooding if or when a quick warm-up occurs. City leaders in Stillwater said it would be a community-wide effort to prevent major damage. A lot of folks in town remember what that looked like back in 1965 when they had to enlist the National Guard to help with flood preps and school children were pulled out of class to sandbag the area. Including me. Really? Mm-hmm. Huh. As part of its survey, the U.S. Corps of Engineers will be measuring how much water is in the snowpack to help set a flooding forecast so communities will know how to prepare for the spring. They yanked you out of class to go sandbagging. I think, uh, I think at Hill we were we were made to volunteer. Gotcha. You were <laughs> voluntold. Strongly encouraged. Yeah. 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 Um, I, it will be interesting to see how downtown St. Paul is if we do get a big flood with all the changes that they've made. 
to the airport with the uh, yeah. berms and stuff like that. John, you remember a group called the Morticians? Sure. Uh, that's what we saying. I was sandbagging in their crew. Oh, with the cool. Morticians, which Fun. was a Stillwater band yep. that made it pretty good regionally. I remember reading about them. Yeah. Yes, yeah. I never saw them or anything, but. Uh... On Sunday, St. Paul officials... They had the 59 Pontiac Ambulance Earths, I think. Did they? To yeah. carry equipment around? I guess. Well, they were called the morticians. Beautiful. On Sunday, St. Paul officials announced parking restrictions that will go into effect beginning Monday. Parking restrictions include a one-sided residential street parking ban effective until April 1st. It began at noon Monday. Parking will not be allowed on the even-numbered side of all residential streets. Mayor Melvin Carter said the announcement was made specifically due to emergency vehicles needing the extra room to respond to emergencies in an adequate amount of time. According to a release sent by the City of St. Paul, residents are asked to park on the odd-numbered side of residential streets and follow normal posted parking restrictions on main streets. Friday, I uh, left the radio station here, the, the Garage Logic Studios, to make my trek home to South Dakota, as you like to call it. Right. <laughs> I uh, had to make a stop at our favorite liquor store. To get some supplies for the weekend? Elevated. Elevated beer, wine, and spirits. I'm driving down 34th by the Riverview Parkway Theater. Yeah, yep. You, there are, there's no opportunity for two cars. No, of course not. To drive, uh, 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 what would you say? Opposing. Uh, Opposing each other. That's how narrow the streets are Well, that's true in both cities, which is why they went to this one side parking. It's it's ridiculous. Mm -hmm. You, you, You realize, of course, John... That when the flooding occurs, it will be the fault of mankind. Of course. Yeah, yeah. of course it is. Right. Global. You're using the wrong light bulbs. Climate yeah. change. And Humankind. Yeah. Do something about this climate control. Sp- speaking of... by the Rothschilds. Speaking... <laughs> speaking of St. Paul, Lunds and Byerly's is looking into bringing a mixed-use development to Grand Avenue. The company will present its plan at a listening session at the Mount Zion Temple in St. Paul, March 18th at 7 p.m., The Summit Hill Association said the company is looking to gather input from the community at that session and use that to determine the next steps of the proposed development. Uh, We're excited about the opportunity to preserve the heritage and nature of this location with a vibrant development featuring a Lunds and Byerly's, said Trey Lund, company president, in a news release. The proposed development would be on the north side of the 700 block of Grand Avenue, which was previously known to, uh, previously home, excuse me, to a Nolan's grocery store, then Rooney's before becoming Klein's grocery store. Most recently, Summit Hill Association said the North Face and Ann Taylor Loft had occupied that site. Okay, so it's way down. It's not close to Kowalski's on Hamlin. Be more down by Victoria. Got it. Rescuers, as you talked about earlier, Joe, going through rubble and wreckage Monday in a search for survivors amid homes torn from foundations, shredded metal dangling from battered trees, and dead animals lying among debris after a powerful tornado ripped through southeast Alabama and killed at least 23 people, including children. The trail of destruction from the Sunday tornado was at least half a mile wide, overwhelmed rural Lee County Coroner's Office, forcing it to call in help from the state. Volunteers used chainsaws to help clear paths for emergency responders. At the R&D Grocery on Monday morning, residents were constantly asking each other if they were okay. The Sunday tornado, which had winds that appeared to be around 160 miles an hour or greater, was part of a powerful storm system that also slashed its way across the deep south, spawning numerous tornado warnings in parts of Georgia, South Carolina, and Florida. Lee County Sheriff Jay Jones said the twister traveled straight down a county road in the rural community of Beauregard, reducing homes to slabs. Uh, Jones said children were among the dead, but he didn't know exactly how many. He said the number of deaths could still rise as the search continues. Drones flying overhead 
The equipped with heat-seeking devices had scanned the area for survivors, but the dangerous conditions halted the search late Sunday night, according to the sheriff. Of all the places in the country where you would think people would have remained in touch with nature, and again, I'm not saying they aren't, it would be that part of the country. That's a tornado of outbreaks there common at this time of year. Mm -hmm. Look at how great technology is, though. You know, you talked about, you know, jet skis, and they didn't really find a, a use to to help and protect like maybe snowmobiles did. Or, mm-hmm. But look at those drones. They've got heat-seeking devices on them. You're not putting a chopper up there. Nobody's at risk. What a great technology mm-hmm. to help out or find people. Do they, uh, at, at risk of having coins thrown into the bucket, I'm not trying. Do they have basements? In, do many homes have basements in that part of the country? Because in Texas they don't, obviously. I, and I, I, Florida they do not. I don't know why they wouldn't, but uh, I, I would suspect that maybe they don't, but they could have storm shelters. True, true. <clears throat> According to an article in The New Yorker, Fox News had the whole Stormy Daniels story before the election. But it was killed because the owner of Fox News, Rupert Murdoch, wanted Donald Trump to win. Story says Diana Falzone, who often covered the entertainment industry for Fox, had obtained proof that Trump had engaged in a sexual relationship with the actress Stormy Daniels. Let me tell you something. <laughs> I don't think I don't think he would have lost if that had become public. Oh God, no! You're I don't probably, think people care. I think you're probably right. Yeah, given given the we tape, hush this, Rupert. We were to put it in the QT. Given the tape that was released with his voice saying right. what he said, that didn't stop him from being no. elected. So, no. uh, she said, Felzone, the reporter, had even conf- uh, confirmed it with Daniels. Uh, through Gina Rodriguez, Daniel's manager at the time, and with Daniel's former husband, Mike Maz, who says she described multiple calls from Donald Trump. Valzone also amassed emails between Daniel's attorney and Trump's lawyer, Michael Cohen, detailing the proposed cash settlement. But Falzone's story didn't run. It kept being passed from one editor to the next. After Falzone kept getting one noncommittal answer after another from her editors, the news reporter finally heard from Ken LaCourt, who was then the head of FoxNews.com. Mayor quotes Falzone saying what LaCourt said to her, good reporting, kiddo, but Rupert wants Donald to win, so just let it go. America. Mayor concedes LaCourt denies telling (laughs) Falzone this, but one of Falzone's colleagues confirms having heard of it at the time. How you doing, Joe? Just, I mean, you know, what kind of universe are we living in? I know. Very very disturbed one. Yes. One that really wants you to celebrate Fat Tuesday. I Starting so. tonight. I think so. <laughs> Starting a day early. <laughs> right. That's how much I'm going to celebrate it. <laughs> when Steven Spielberg speaks about the business in Hollywood, everyone usually listens, uh, but reports that he intends to support a rule change that could block Netflix from Oscars eligibility have provoked a heated and unwieldy debate online all the past weekend. It's found the legendary filmmaker. This is what we're worked up about. Yeah, how, we're going to get to the bottom of this. Where are we supposed to be? Are, are we sympathetic toward Mr. Spielberg, or what's what's his complaint? This. I'm not following. His him. complaint is uh, the movies that are on Netflix only. Yeah, uh, were nominated. Aroma was nominated. Uh, it ran very sparingly in theaters. And hard, his contention is what to be nominated, you should be in theaters. That's correct. Isn't this uh, kind of old man yells at cloud territory? I, I think that Hollywood's uh, in big trouble. Spielberg has weighed in before on whether streaming movies should compete for the film industry's most prestigious awards, but that was before Netflix nearly succeeded in getting its first Best Picture Oscar for Alfonso Cuaron's Roma at last week's Academy Awards. Uh, Still, Netflix was a legitimate contender, and this year the streaming service is likely to step up its awards game. They're going to have a movie uh, directed by Martin Scorsese called The Irishman, and uh, yes, it's a gangster drama. 
So that will probably get some nominations. You yes, in the corner? I'm, I'm losing my edge, John. Uh-huh. Uh, having discovered that I can watch some of these movies at home. Yeah. Uh, so I watched Bohemian Rhapsody. Yeah. yeah. All right. I thought it was a ridiculous cliché. I, 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 I agree completely. I think a seven-year-old could could have written that script, and what what uh-huh. saved it was uh, a pretty good recreation of the Live Aid concert. Yes. In fact, there are now videos side-by-side showing Freddie and Rami Malek, and yep. uh, Malek did a hell of a job mimicking him. Uh, but it was, it was just terribly predictable yeah. and... Uh, and uh, not very good, in my estimation. I couldn't agree more. Okay. I, I watched it last, I think, Thursday or Friday and thought the then same Then the thing. CP bugged me enough where I finally acquiesced and I watched uh, A Star is Born. That's been made about four or five times. Yeah, yeah. Again, I called every scene as it was developing. Yeah. And, and uh, again, I found it just ridiculously uh, predictable and... Uh, I didn't think it deserved anything, mm-hmm. any awards whatsoever. Uh, Cooper mumbles his way through it. You couldn't understand a word he was saying because he's the drunk rock superstar, yeah, sure. and she's the she's the nobody that he hey, turns don't ruin into. It for people that haven't seen and it, she yet. turns she he turns her into a star, and you can see it coming from a mile away. And I don't you call uh, that. Huh? You called that? Yeah. You had okay. seen one of the other versions, hadn't you? Yeah, you but no, the, I, you I, I mean, story, I was calling right? out specific knew. scenes. Yeah, I, oh, yeah. I got you. Yeah. Oh, here's what she's going to do next, and, you know. Right. Yeah. So no, you, it was predictable. So you couldn't hear it. So walk us through that living room scene at the, the mayor's house. What did he say? Huh? <laughs> Is there any more popcorn? He's mumbling. <laughs> and no butter. Mother, no butter on the popcorn. <laughs> And lightly salted. I did not see uh, that one. I, I, my wife watched it and was kind of she but gave me, I, I she gave me the it. shoulder trauma. I, I enjoyed it. It was pretty. Well, you would because you were a frock, right? And you, but, but I knew <laughs> I'd seen uh, the, the earlier one. Oh, was it Chris Christopherson and Barbara? That was great. That was they're the same. That movie. was even, no. That was even better than this one. That's see, my wife loved the that version, yeah. so I think that's why she didn't care much for this one. So, but my, I guess my point is, I'm leading back to Spielberg. Uh, yeah. you, you got bigger problems than Netflix, Spielberg. Yeah. You you, yeah. you you people are not uh, you you are not turning out memorable things. So. Isn't this a case, too, of they're eating their young, essentially? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, Hollywood's you, turning on itself. But if you go to Netflix to produce your movie, doesn't that mean the likes of Spielberg and Paramount and 20th Century Fox have already said no? So you have to turn to an independent or style, and you get your movie done, and it's shown on Netflix. Well, I think the, beginning tomorrow, Green Book is available for okay. you know $3.19 yep. or whatever. Yep. And I absolutely – you know what Green Book refers to? Yeah. There was an author in the 40s and mm-hmm. created a travel guide for black people. Right, because they could stay in. Right, it was called The Green Book. And I'm afraid that when I watch that, I'm going to have the same feelings of terrible predictability, mm-hmm. racial cliches, the whole deal. Like driving Miss Daisy. Mm-hmm. The, uh, you know the backstory, right? The, the Italian fellow who drives him around? I don't is, know the backstory. He, he became an actor who you would know immediately if you saw his picture because he was in The Sopranos. Oh, okay. Uh, playing one of the older. You Italian mean in real life? Ones. In real life, Tony okay. Lip. Tony Lip was yeah, right. his name. Uh, anyway, Spielberg. What was his name? Uh, Tony Lip. Okay. Spielberg and others are planning to do something about it by supporting a revised Film Academy regulation that would disqualify Netflix from the Oscars. Not uh, what, Tony the Lip, but Tony, Tony Lip. Lip. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. That's oh, yeah. the guy who was yeah. the driver in real life yeah. who did this. Yeah, yeah. yeah Babyface. Denture face. Um, 
One other entertainment note. Uh, a publicist for Luke Perry says the Riverdale and Beverly Hills 90210 star has died. Oh, wow. He was 52 years old. Pub- publicist Arnold Robinson said Perry died Monday after suffering that massive stroke a couple days ago. Robinson says Perry's family and friends were with him when he died. Among them were his children, siblings, fiance, and former <sighs> wife. The actor had been hospitalized since last week. The publicist added Perry's family appreciates support and prayers that were offered since Prairie was hospitalized on What Wednesday. do they suspect, Johnny? It wasn't... Uh, he had a stroke. No, I, I, but, but what led to the stroke? Did they, did they lead into Anybody anything? can have a stroke, Chris. That's Whatever true. you, you can have for a stroke lunch right today. now. Yeah, you could have a stroke. And sometimes we wonder. That. Sometimes we wonder if you aren't You're already on double secret <laughs> probation. Well, the only reason I ask is that there was some speculation about that he, he wasn't living a very clean lifestyle leading up to uh, he that. He looked pretty rough. Lately. That, that's what yeah, I was wondering. What's his name? Luke Perry? Luke Perry. Yeah. Yeah. 90210? Never watched it. Oh, it was a good one. You run. missed that. Maybe your kids may He have dated Brenda like, uh, on the show, I Joe. I, yeah. I never saw an episode. Do you know what 90210 is? I do. That's a Beverly Hills area code. Very good. Zip code. Zip code. Zip code. Yep. I'll take that. I'll yeah. take that. Yeah, accept it. We'll See, accept I need a little help with the ruling. Our chef out in Montana, Scott Mature. Scotty, yeah. Mm-hmm. Joe, on Friday's podcast, you told the story of getting the pumpkin for the CP, getting it all ready for her for Halloween, only to find out that she seemed to have been disappointed you took care of this need for her. To my way of thinking, you invoked the male fun limitation factor, the MFLF. Essentially, you snowblowed her virgin driveway. What's your ruling? Boy, that's a tough one. It's not easy to be mirror. You and you did. Be, I, that ran through my uh, Scott produced this email, but that did that thought went through my head because she was so adamant. Oh, what are you going to put it? What are you going to do? You can't. Put I'm, it there. I'm going to stick to my guns and insist there's only the FFLF, which is the female fun limitation factor, because men, men generally speaking, don't uh, don't uh, bollocks up oh, a female's fun. I already see the emails coming. I'm sorry. This. It's just the way I feel. I'm it's, a mayor. It's, it's tough being mayor. It is, John. It's, it's tough being mayor. It's tough being mayor. Yep. Yeah. mayor. Say, I told you earlier this was brought to you in part by RF Moeller Jewelers. Do you realize you got a daughter with an engagement ring bigger than your wife's? It's not going to stand you very well over the test of time. You should upgrade her diamond so the next time you show up at a family event, she can at least have the bragging rights. Molars have been helping guys solve problems like this for 67 years. They'll take her original diamond in on trade and provide you with a diamond that will blow her away every time she looks at it. Let me offer you a quote from a buddy of mine. If I knew this would mean this much to her, I would have upgraded her original engagement ring years ago. Go. The Moeller staff are registered jewelers, certified gemologists, and certified gemologist appraisers, and qualified to show you the difference between our diamonds and the diamonds that other jewelers sell. It's, if it's price you're worried about, I, I've known these guys a long time. Rest easy. Moeller has never lost a sale because of price. And if you don't believe me, go online and look at their reviews. R.F. Moeller Jeweler, 50th in France in Edina, Ford in Cleveland in St. Paul, Gavaday Common in downtown Minneapolis, or on the web at rfmoeller.com. This guy wears many hats, just not indoors. Joe Suchere. I'm going to get it one of these days, Robbie. What was the story we had not that long ago? There was a church fire somewhere. 
and everything burned except what? Do you call? Do you guys recall that? A uh, statue. Was yeah. it a statue? I think it was the huh. Virgin Mary or a crucifix. Something like that. Well, I'm just saying. You know, what are you saying? I'm the guy who thought the cows that lined up like a cross was a sign. <laughs> oh, I didn't yeah. know the farmers could arrange that by throwing feed out into a certain pattern. Yeah, they do that. But I just, on that occasion, I brought that up just to say, I'm just saying. Mm. I'm just saying. Mm-hmm. Painting of Jesus unharmed as church burns down in Boston. That was it. Wow. That October was it. of 2018. Okay. That was it. That was it. It was a what? Painting, painting of, of Jesus. Jesus. Painting of Jesus. Okay. Yeah, the church burns down, but that painting didn't get touched, right, right John? Correct. Yep. Uh, I'm just saying. It was a lightning fire, wasn't it, Rook? Yes. Early Sunday morning, the Coal City Fire Department responded to a fire at the Freedom Ministries Church in Grandview, West Virginia, a town in the mountains of West Virginia. Okay. Picture this, a building so hot that at one point, firefighters had to back out, the fire department wrote on Facebook. In your mind, everything should be burned and turned to ashes. But the firefighters said not a single Bible suffered any damage. Not a single cross was harmed. Not a single firefighter was hurt. Though the odds were against as God was not, the firefighters said offering prayers for the pastor and congregation. Uh, And in in a Facebook post, Freedom Mysteries wrote that in the midst of the smoke, you can see Jesus. He was there with us. Okay, uh, I that, that may be true, maybe not. I'm just, I'm just saying, I'm just saying. You don't think they were? Um, I'm just saying. Placed there by the farmer that uh, <laughs> did the feed with the, the cattle. With the I'm cattle looking at a picture did. of the Bibles uh, inside the church remained untouched by the flames. Huh. The church is asking for prayers for Pastor Phil and Candace Farrington, whom they say have always given them love and support. Now it's our turn to give it back to them. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not proselytizing. I'm just saying. I have a question. Sure. And you guys are my go-to's here. Right. If this fire happens at the church Sunday morning, do you still get to count that day? Yeah. If you does that still count? Hey, I was right. gonna if go, but the church burned. Down. I don't know what denomination the <laughs> ministries is. Oh. All right, bells are ringing at ten, and you're like, I, it, was, it was on fire. I don't want to like go that. In. We like something right. similar to that. <laughs> like that. Can I, uh, I? I have a little admonishment for you GLers who are turning out in droves with photos of your garage wood. Oh, it's man. just been All successful. Over social media. It's been fantastic. You know, uh, like uh, Christine, Christine out in Kimball. Uh, she wrote me a nice email and sent me pictures of the wood. I think your husband has a hoarding problem, Christine. I'm sorry. Uh, oh, is there, that the piles of wood? Yeah, there's just, it's just... Uh, is this you, the one where you couldn't even get a car in the garage? Well, and his wood collapsed, and they had to put it all back together. <laughs> I and, love uh, that. They say the single block of wood shared is one where we use to butcher chickens in the summer. Another oh, no. coveted and protected piece of garage wood. I love the podcast, as this is... Br- provided me an opportunity to listen to all of the shows when I'm traveling home from work or on the road. Keep up the good work. My theme in 2019 is also to continue to push back uh, garage logician Christine, uh, Chris and Kimball, Minnesota. And and Kevin McDonald, was it? Kevin is Tommy's buddy, mm-hmm. right? Yep. Kevin, you got a problem. He says, well, here's my garage wood. Please see attached. It's a portion of an old bowling lane, maple. I used to have it on the garage floor to prevent oil stains. After a while, I thought it was too nice a piece for that, so I bolted it to the wall. No, Kevin, Kevin, Kevin. Come on. No. The whole point of the garage wood 
is it's kicked about. It's kicked around in the corner. Mm-hmm. It's a, it, you fetch it when the occasion arises. You're not going to unbolt a piece of bowling alley from the garage wall. <laughs> right. I mean, in one of the if you follow at GL Podcast, look at that one on top there. It's been uh, uh, sliced at an angle. That's it's a beautiful, got a couple of ding that's marks. That's a beautiful piece of garage yes, wall. Yes, that's what we're talking John, about. John, what is that? About six by six, four by fours? What are those? Uh, not six by six. I don't think that's Five big, by five? Uh, four by four, I'd say. Four by four blocks seem no to be... I can identify when I see guys with the four by four blocks, the beat up blocks. There's a couple right there. There's a couple right there. <laughs> the yep. Oil stained. Go to the at GL podcast on Twitter, and you can see some of the. Plus, look at those rigs look behind him. Vehicles. He's holding. Yeah. He's Josh. got a couple of blocks holding up a 1926 Stanley Steamer cylinder block. This is a loyal listener living in California, raised in Faribault, great grandson of one of the builders of the world's largest Pelican. In Grand Rapids, Minnesota. Isn't that what you went to go see, Johnny? Yeah, some Pelican Why Rapids. He, and then he hashtags Garage Wood, but also Crazy Bread. <laughs> <laughs> so the initial idea of this campaign was that we were going to do one of these a day. Mm-hmm. Well, we're going to have these until 2025. Great, well, you got to come up with a new format. Well, then. but I don't want to over, maybe a couple a day. You're going to have to do more than a couple. Or you're going to have them until you're going to have them yeah. five years from now. But that's a good problem to have because people love this. Chris Bit. Johnson's garage wood uh, it keeps the snowblower <laughs> off the floor to prevent rusting and icing to the floor. Okay, he also says hockey pucks sure. work. That's yeah. an acceptable use uh-huh. of garage wood. <clears throat> and I'm not disqualifying uh, McDonald's uh, bowling lane. I- I'm just saying you're going to be hard pressed to to actually ever use it. As an occasion of needing a piece of garage wood, look at uh, the Sandy's picture up here. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> there are too many pieces; they're too small to throw away. Right in the buckets. Hey, don't throw those away. There's uh, what buckets full of small pieces of wood. Don't throw those away; they're too small to throw have away. Have a fire. <laughs> hey, Stearns family, have a fire. No, don't. No, no. Hey, 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 hey. <laughs> what if they're you, Joe's neighbor? You intemperate <laughs> yeah. fool. No, is, I mean, I mean, people no, have a relationship with that wood. There's too they much know. there. That's their problem. Lordy. I'll, I'll, I'll handle the admonishments, don't, all right? Don't gotcha. throw that away. Put it in the bucket. Yeah, throw it in the bucket. Don't throw <laughs> hey, that, that away. That that piece is too small. That, no, there's Who's beauties. This? Those are beauties right there. Those are beauties. Uh, that was from Downing. That, oh, they're beauties. Yeah, that David, was from Downing. Oh, that's so far, garage you're wood. Downing. But that's we also garage need wood. where, like, uh, the other guy that was born and raised in Faribault living in California. We also want to know where you're at. Not you know it's this is Mike. Well, tell us are you I'm in Shoreview? Done. Are yeah. you in? Yeah. I'm halfway done. That's where I'm at. Halfway done what? He said he wants to know where you're at. I said I'm about I'm, I'm almost done. Do you get it? Yeah. I want to know where you're at. I'm almost done. <laughs> well, look at look at this Christine out and look at look at that. That is that's hoarding. Yeah, that's hoarding. But God love them. They're, they're, but they got the good. They got the good stump for when they have to get that's, the chicken. Yes, that's perfect. <laughs> so the bowling alley guy, uh, Kevin. Yeah, yeah. If he has that on his wall, what if he were to put um, like eye hooks and stuff in it so he could hang things from it? Is that a, an acceptable use? That is not uh, what garage wood is used for. Oh, I'm just saying, like use it for stuff. Garage oh, yeah. wood is the wood you kick around. And you say, "Hey, quick, give me that hunk of wood. I need that." Boom! It's a boom. Rook, I don't think the mayor's seen that particular photo yet. Ooh. Which one? Why don't you go ahead and explain? At what GL we did. Podcast. Yeah. There's a uh, there's an entry 
Such left his email open when he left today. Um, before I go, I'll just send out a couple of emails. You took off Friday and you forgot to log off your computer. Really? And so I took Rookie's photo. Oh, we're just going to fire off a couple quick emails. Well, they were all probably garage wood submissions. I, I, I didn't send them. It was just uh, it was just silly. Yeah. Uh, do you recall the story the other day of uh, the woman who attacked the ATM of the golf club? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Well, uh, Chief Offsite Correspondent Kelsey notes, uh, in the spirit of complete honesty, I keep my clubs in the car all winter. I like having extra weight in the rear end. Uh, personally, I would choose the sand wedge for destroying an ATM due to its heavier head and shorter, stouter staff. Ellen Nordegren, on the other hand, is known to have used a nine iron to attack Ooh. her ex-ATM, African Tiger Man. <laughs> 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 to laugh. She banged up the SUV with the 9-iron, man. Oof, I think she chose banged the up his mouth. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, he got tagged in the choppers. Say, one size rarely fits all anyone or anymore these days. That's why Federated Insurance customizes the insurance coverage you need. Federated offers property and casualty, life and disability income insurance to businesses in select industries. Their marketing reps are the best in the business. They love that company. They've been there a long time, and they get to know your business and how you operate, and that allows them to customize the coverage you need. Driving, for example, they'll talk to you about auto liability, cyber attack possibility. You might need data compromise coverage. Your business is unique. You need an insurance carrier who treats it that way. Get in touch with a federated insurance marketing rep to see how their second-to-none service can help your business thrive. Federated Insurance, it's their business to protect yours. Truth, Justice, and the Souchere. Hey, at Minnetonka High School, yep. uh, you can get a, a letter now, a, you know, a letter like a, for your letter yeah, jacket. Sure. Participation letter. Well, you can letter in kindness. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Wait a minute. Come on. Mm-hmm. Wait a minute. Well, it's, it's a... Uh, it's, they got all three. Well, it's a growing number of high schools that allow students to letter in community service uh, in addition to athletics, academics, music. You just have to have a passion for serving, which anyone can do, said Michelle Seats, Minnetonka Public Schools Community Service Specialist. It's part of a greater effort by school leaders to help shape well-rounded students with sharp minds and big hearts. Sure. Serving the greater good is part of our mission statements at Minnetonka School Super. Dennis Peterson, we think it's important that we acknowledge students who are doing service projects in the community. We think it's important enough to give it a letter. Uh, the community letter is as rigorous as any extracurricular. Students must log 150 hours of volunteer time in 12 consecutive months. Half these hours must be focused in a specific area or cause. And then at the end of the year, they must complete a reflection project that can range from essays to artwork to a presentation. Students are also required to get two letters of recommendation. Uh, so there, there's more involved than just being a nice kid. Yeah, yeah. You've right. got to go sure. do the work. But uh, isn't that almost like giving a letter for what you're supposed to do anyway? Uh, when I graduated from my high school, uh, uh, 
community service was required. A certain amount of hours was required before you to graduate. I would assume that would be just about anywhere, wouldn't it? I have a question. What letter? What does the patch look like? Yeah, what it's letter? Probably a K, isn't it? For kindness. Well, don't. I thought when you lettered in something, there, you know, like baseball, if there's a bat and a ball. Or well, I whatever. said a K. Or maybe that's what they would literally. Well, I don't know. That's what I'm guessing. Or maybe it's the high school. Maybe if it's the, Minnetonka, yeah, you get a big M. M or if it's yeah. a hill, you get an an H H M. That would be H M. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like be an F. <laughs> Last school year, 54 students earned the kindness letter. Uh, we have greatly increased the visibility of the varsity letter in the past year, Seat said. Uh, Jimmy Bone heard about the lettering opportunity during school announcements and decided to go for it. Well, what the hell? It's not all bad, is it? You huh? know, if you flip over an am, it's a W. <laughs> during his freshman year, he built a paver patio at a senior home, Aww. which also helped him achieve the rank of Eagle Scout. Well, he got a twofer there. Cool. Yeah, right. In the last two years, he's volunteered as a warehouse assistant at Bridging a nonprofit that provides furnishings and household mm-hmm. goods to families in need. He moves furniture and packs trucks. Well, you know what? Uh, Wait. I, hang, think this is, I think this is a nice hang deal. Huh. No. But. It's, it's, it's nice. And that is very, uh, that's kind-hearted it's, souls you know do that. It it's commendable. It's commendable. But it does it require uh, a, a letter, which is not this, and I'm, Really, not trying to be mean. Well, you're coming off. This is not um, worthy of a a letter. I did not have it in the failed academy file. This is not an example of the failed academy. It's an example. It's a public. You give it. Give them this too. It's a public school. That's what I'm saying. This is really nice. And then this is obviously not required. And they're doing this above and beyond. But does it require the school to give out a letter? No, I don't think so. But you know what this tells you. This tells you that there aren't enough kids doing this kind of stuff. That's what this is telling me. Yes. Maybe that's it. I have no idea. And there's there's no way you, I, I can win here by I'm not being critical of it. I'm just saying it's a bad I don't stance. think it's worth, worthy of a a letter as if you were playing varsity baseball. Well, I think you're coming uh, from somebody that never lettered in anything. But see, you uh, could have. But then that's kindness. no, that's LCD. What's LC? This is lowest common denominator to get a letter. See, here, here I am, the mayor, Jim. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I, I was going to have a little fun with the idea that, uh, geez, you get an at, you get a letter for kindness. But it's more than that. They have to do some work and then write an essay or create a project. And uh, uh, there's work behind earning the letter. It's and a you're, re- you're just, uh, you know, you're just an old man saying, "Get off my lawn." I am consistent. I'm a consistent no, you're garage. Not, no, you're not consistent. I am consistent. Yeah, yeah. I never why, waver. Uh, why do you hate kids, Rook? Yeah, yeah why do you hate kids? <laughs> are you still beating your wife? Yeah. Wait a minute. Why are you crabby? <laughs> uh, I, I'm, I'm praising that child for going above and beyond, uh, but the school uh, lettering in kindness uh, does not have... Well, maybe mirror. maybe that's a misnomer. Maybe what the school should do is saying lettering in community service. How's that? Yeah, we need a better creative title for that. And the the patch could the be CS. Team. This ain't the shovel team. I wish they'd do the shovel team, man. In fact, I think they, that's one of my best ideas. What it they is. should do, since they fall under the uh, the category of education, they just hire a couple more people in that school <laughs> to come up with more creative names for uh, well, a Don't worry, like they're this. already going down right. that road. Skippers, they're the skippers. They got beat. They're the defending champs. In 2A? Yeah, they got beat by Holy Family, who then lost to Eden Prairie, I believe. Mm-hmm. Boy, Is that their school, their school march? 
They skip out? What do you mean? Skippers. No, that's uh, it's a reference to their uh, oh, water. to their Lake gotcha. Minnetonka connection. Gotcha. Very nautical. Thought it was very old. Mm-hmm. It's a name you can uh, that probably will stand the test of time. There's really no racial or insensitivity oh, there. We'll find a we'll skipper. Skip. I, I can't worked, come up with one. Worked on the island. I can't. Huh? Gilligan's Island skipper. <laughs> wow. Oh, it's only Monday. You know what Santa Bell Jim loves to do? <laughs> taunt us. Rub it in. He taunt us. You're right. Yeah, he does. He Here's a picture of him this morning, 7 o'clock in the morning, washing his car in Santa Bell. He says it was only about 73. Oh. You know, next time I'm down there, I've got to, I'm have got. i going to stop, and I should have a, a beer. Make him buy me a beer. Well, he'll buy you one. Don't worry. Hey, speaking Santa of that. Santa such a great area. Did you guys watch any of the Twins game on TV yesterday? No. I did not. Uh, Randy, our, your guy Randy Wayne White. Joined Marnie and Dan Gladden in the booth. I heard it on the radio. Oh, so you heard? You heard? Did he... I did not hear Randy reference the old mayor. Yeah, he mentioned you during the show mm-hmm. or during the game yesterday, making fun well, of. Well, did Gellner even know who I was? Of course, yeah. Marnie knows Marnie? who we are. Marnie's my neighbor. She knows who we are. All right. Was uh, what? What do you say about me? Uh, nothing. <laughs> okay, I'll be over here. Buxton might be for real, boys. He did, by the way, work I in a couple so. of Doc Ford plugs. Which there was, you go. It was well, brilliant. You have to. It was absolutely That's brilliant. That's why I'm here. <laughs> Paul writes, middle of last week, you were lamenting that you have no place to go politically. I feel the same way. Since I've really started uh, paying attention, my choice hasn't even gotten past the caucuses or primaries. What's a GLer to do? The Declaration of Independence states that to secure these rights, governments are instu- instituted among men deriving their... Just powers from the consent of the governed. Well, this GLer has withdrawn his consent. That doesn't mean I'm going to stop paying my taxes or I'm going to not participate in the political process. It's simply putting my representative on notice that I do not consent. Your powers are not derived from me except you, Mayor. You have my consent. You've shown you can represent me well, though not perfectly. Maybe someday there will be a garage party. Until then, I'm not joining any of them. Good luck, Paul. Mm. Mm-hmm. And uh, we're going to take a break and come back with Johnny's News. What are you waiting for? This is Ricey for my friend, Mr. Money Talk, Josh Arnold. Call Josh. Get a different point of view and get your financial future in order starting today. Sound retirement planning is important, and that's what Josh does. Josh can tell you that he is dedicated to helping people like you and me realize their best potential for a comfortable retirement. With today's market volatility, it's more important than ever to work with a professional who understands your needs, a professional who understands financial markets and the options available to help you reach your goals. Call Josh for a complimentary no-obligation consultation today at 952-925-5608, 952-925-5608. Investment advisor services offered by Josh Arnold Investment Consult. LLC, a registered advisor for the state of Minnesota. Past performance is no guarantee of future results. Just like talking across your backyard fence, and this is a big backyard. Joe Souchere. Johnny's News brought to you in part by R.F. Moeller Jeweler. 
St. Paul, Minneapolis, and Edina. They've been taking care of guys like us for 67 years. Here's Johnny Height. Thanks, Joe. Governor Tim Walls, uh, Walls Monday announcing a set of policy proposals he said are meant to lead Minnesota to achieve 100% clean energy in the state's electricity sector by 2050. <laughs> Flagged by Lieutenant Governor Peggy, uh, Peggy Flanagan and others, Walls laid out a plan entitled One Minnesota Path to Clean Energy. According to a release, all elect- I already missed Dayton. <laughs> I do. According to a release, all electric utilities in Minnesota would be required to use only carbon-free energy sources by 2050. Though the plan would allow each utility to use flexibility to choose how and at what pace they meet the standard. The release said the proposal includes provisions to help workers and communities who will be impacted by the transition while prioritizing local jobs and prevailing wages for large new clean energy products. Officials at Monday's press conference said that standard could include nuclear power, though Commerce Commissioner Steve Kelly said it's far from certain the state's two plants would still be operating in their current form by 2050. Minnesota Appeals Court Monday affirming a lower court ruling that said the city of Minneapolis's minimum wage ordinance is not preempted by state law and is thus valid and enforceable. The lawsuit was originally filed in Hennepin County District Court in November 2017 by Graco Incorporated. It had argued the ordinance, which was passed in 2017 and required businesses with more than 100 people to raise the minimum wage to $15 within five years, was preempted by state law and they sought a permanent injunction. The appeals court, though, rejected that argument, said the ordinance is a valid exercise of the city of Minneapolis's legislative power. Businesses with fewer than 100 people were allowed seven years to reach the new minimum wage standard. A motorist randomly fired a stolen gun into another moving vehicle on an interstate just north of the Twin Cities, crashed into a ditch, and was arrested moments later, according to Charles' uh, charges filed Monday. The rolling shooting occurred about 2.15 in the afternoon Friday, on northbound I-35 in Wyoming, according to the state patrol, 26-year-old Trinidad Garcia of Forest Lake was charged in Chisago County District Court with second-degree assault, drive-by shooting, and being a felon in possession of a firearm. The driver of the targeted pickup truck, 43-year-old Michael Swanger of Spooner, Wisconsin, was not injured. Swanger told authorities the gunshot came from a blue BMW whose driver he did not know. Swanger said that as he passed the BMW on the left, he heard a pop before the BMW sped away. The bullet pierced the pickup's passenger door. Everything, according to the charges, appeared random. No type of interaction between the two before that. Jesus. Wow. I don't want to drive along and get shot by a guy named Trinidad. No. Uh, troopers. Well, soon, not to mention, this happened during a horrific during driving the, condition, yeah. the snowstorm. And they were having horrible problems up in that area, too. And they Because uh, they had to divert traffic off of the freeway up yeah. there. Uh, Troopers soon located the suspect's vehicle after it had gone into a median ditch. Uh, There were many crashes and spin-outs in the area because, if you'll remember, Friday afternoon, it was miserable out for driving. Garcia arrested. A gun was seized from his front pocket. That weapon had been stolen from Invergrove Heights last year. A law enforcement search of Garcia's vehicle turned up a shoebox with $11,481 in cash. What a dummy. Garcia's criminal history in Minnesota includes a conviction for third-degree assault and numerous convictions for driving after having his license revoked. Uh, why was this guy out if he has this kind of criminal history? We don't keep uh, him locked third, up anymore, Chris. Yeah, that, uh, his criminal is just third-degree assault. Yeah, that's not. Just a couple of years for that. I thought he had numerous violations, though, driving. after that. Oh, driving. Uh, he's all right. God. <laughs> House Democrats <laughs> opening a... <laughs> Huge new avenue Monday in their investigations 
into President Trump with the chairman of the Judiciary Committee firing off document requests to dozens of figures from the president's administration, family, and business. You know, they're not getting any work done. They just go to work every day to, to bicker, to do this. It's uh, just we, want to get, we want to fight for you guys and get the work done, pathetic. work with both sides. Pathetic. Democratic Chairman Jerry Nadler said Monday the committee served document requests to 81 agencies, entities, and individuals as part of a new probe into, quote, alleged obstruction of justice, public corruption, and other abuses of power by President Trump. In addition to the White House, Nadler is also seeking information from Trump family members like Don Jr., Eric Trump, and Jared Kushner, former administration figures like former Chief of Staff Arendt Priebus, former National Security Advisor Mike Flynn, former Attorney General Jeff Sessions, and former spokeswoman Hope Hicks. Anybody catch... Uh, the CPAC speech by the president over the weekend? No, it was too long. I would not have made it. I'm a bad waiter. It's two hours. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Some interesting things being discussed, oh, Johnny? He, yeah. Yeah, it was, it was interesting. Well, he, he likes he, to wing it. He didn't, yeah, he didn't stay on script. Let's put it that way. Let's put it <laughs> Off that way. the cuff? He did say, I, did, I did see that clip where he says, normally I'm on script. I'm off the script. And when I'm unscripted, things happen. There's yeah. something to yeah. that extent. He did throw out the BS and BS as an S word. Did he? The whole word, though, not, yeah. the, not the can you do that? Sure. He, he did. Well, no, isn't he on? T- was it on TV? He does a lot of things you're not really no, supposed to do. I don't think it was on. Network well, I didn't know. TV. I didn't. No. I didn't. I didn't see any of it, so I didn't. Okay. Uh, Melania Trump, the uh, first lady, is in Oklahoma, opening up a three-state tour to highlight all three components of her Be Best Childhood initiative. The first lady on Monday visiting the Dove School of Discovery, a Tulsa elementary school that the White House says incorporates character education in its curriculum. She'll visit a Seattle-area tech company later Monday to learn about programs and apps designed to teach children how to be safe online and about technology to help children with disabilities. Mrs. Trump concludes the tour Tuesday in Las Vegas by taking part in a town hall on the opioid crisis. It's her first solo domestic overnight trip in her official capacity. First Lady launched Be Best last May to focus on child well-being, online safety, bullying prevention, and opioid Abuse. Be best, huh, John? Be best. Good. That's good. Be the best. Mm-hmm. Uh, police suspect a driver was impaired when he killed two people and injured seven others, most of them riding bikes on a busy New Orleans thoroughfare as large crowds gathered in the city for Mardi Gras. Police spokesman Andy Cunningham said in a statement that authorities are waiting for the results of a blood alcohol test, but they think the suspect was impaired at the time of the deadly crash Saturday evening. The suspect was identified as 32-year-old Tashante Tony. Hope he wasn't a member of the Zulu Club. Uh, he actually is the son of a New Orleans police officer. Uh, Cunningham says the discovery will not change the department's investigation, that he's the son of an officer. He said it'll be an open and transparent investigation. Uh, apparently what happened, one witness, cyclist Frank Rourke, told the New Orleans advocate he saw the driver of the dark sports car spin out on the median. Driver ran to a nearby corner and laid down on the sidewalk where he lost consciousness. Rourke and two other people were able to wake the driver. Rourke, who initially didn't realize anyone was hit, told the driver, I'm pretty sure you're the guy who wrecked the car. You better go back there. The driver then asked whether he had killed anyone. EMS spokesman Jonathan Forcade said a man and a woman, both about 30 years old, were killed in the crashes. A Texas grandma who sat on a throne-shaped piece of ice in Iceland Mm -hmm. ended up needing to be rescued when the piece of ice floated away with her still sitting. (laughs) There goes grandma. (laughs) What'd they do, throw her a rope? Judith Strang said she was traveling in Iceland with her son, Rod Strang, when they spotted some people taking pictures on the iceberg thrown at Diamond Beach in Jorksarlon. Judith Strang said it was shaped like an easy place to sit down, like a throne. I can tell by looking at the shape of it, and I thought, well, that looks like fun. 
When I got on it, it started to totter a little bit, and then a wave came in. A very large wave came in and kind of made the throne rock. I could tell I was slipping off. <laughs> The, the, the other guy kind of go, okay, Granny, just give her the, the little foot push. Grandma started drifting out to sea? Yeah, the ice chunk floated away with straying still on top, uh, but she was rescued by Randy LeCount, a Florida man who was boating nearby. Photos of Strang's unusual ordeal went viral after being tweeted by her granddaughter, Catherine Strang, who received them in text messages from Dad. Strang says she has no regrets about the incident. She said, I thought it would be quite fun. You know, I always wanted to be queen, and that gave me my chance. John, do you know we need another gender? Another? Yeah. What? Male, female, well, uh, or other? Barry Shockle alerts me to this. Uh, I'm afraid uh, I was just not meant for these times. Just when you think things couldn't get any stranger, the truth becomes stranger than fiction. It's time to add another gender as if we didn't have enough. Jareth Nebula, a 33-year-old from Washington State, was born female and transitioned to male. So first he was transgender. Several years after his transi- transition, the barbershop receptionist, that's what he is, is oh. convinced that he is an alien. He had his nipples removed oh, right. in order mean? to be oh. more authentic. They're so troublesome. And regularly shaves his eyebrows. He now says he's an agender alien. After coming out as transgender and believing I had finally found myself, I realized I was wrong. I wasn't male or female or even human. Nebula told the son, I don't think or feel like humans. I can't really explain it to others. I'm simply otherworldly. I know I'm stuck in a human body form, and that's why, and that's how I'm perceived by others. But to me, I'm an alien with no gender. And as Shockle notes, and we want to legalize marijuana. <laughs> what do you replace your nipples with? I didn't realize aliens didn't have nipples. Oh, they're smooth. You know, they got the oh, smooth yeah, I suppose. skin. Okay. Oh, oh, your your interaction with them over the years. Well, has, yeah. uh, we know this for a fact. You found this to be uh, <laughs> it's a very fact, weird, okay. if you know what I'm sure, saying. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> wow. Huh. A, man, a man whose car was stranded in central Oregon snow for five days survived by eating taco sauce packets and starting the engine periodically to warm up. That's how Hillary will survive in a snowstorm. She has yeah. the hot sauce in her purse. I forgot about that. A snowmobiler found 36-year-old Jeremy Taylor. I think hot sauce is good for you. Of <laughs> <laughs> Sun River on Friday, and a search and rescue team member who rode to him on a large snow tractor brought him out of the woods, according to Sergeant William Bailey. Sergeant Bill Bailey. Yep. Sweet. Taylor, an avid outdoorsman who loves to go off-roading, was last seen getting gas February 24th in Sun River. He told his rescuers he and his dog, Allie, became stuck in deep snow on a U.S. Forest Service road later that same day. He slept in the car, and when he awoke, more snow had fallen. He tried to hike out, but the snow was too deep, so he and his dog went back to the car. He said, thank you, everyone. I'm safe. My dog, Allie, is safe. I really appreciate all the help. I got lucky. Let's never do that again. Taylor did not reply to a message sent through Facebook on Saturday. In response to a friend's Facebook comment, though, about how he ate three Taco Bell hot sauce packets during the ordeal, he joked, Taco Bell fire sauce saves lives. They both were in good health when found, the dog and the man. Central Oregon's been hammered with snowstorms in recent weeks. Sun River is a well-known vacation destination about three and a half hours east of Portland. Who found him? A uh, guy in a tractor. They pulled out a tractor. Oh, yeah. All right. Did he give the dog the hot sauce, do you He think? did not. It sounds like no. Oh, kept it from himself. Sorry, Robert. You're going to have to gut this one out. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Alabama police. I'd rather eat the dog than eat Taco Bell hot sauce. <laughs> yeah. Glad it didn't come to that for the guy. Yeah, me too. Yeah.
This, uh, this update brought to you by Taco Bell. No, no, <laughs> not, not, no, anymore. Not, not anymore. <laughs> Alabama police. Well, it's nothing against Taco Bell per se. Sure. I'm just not going to eat hot sauce. You don't like hot sauce? I'm not a hot sauce person. Oh, I like hot sauce. Do they Me do too. fish tacos at Taco Bell? They don't. Oh, no. I wouldn't eat that. I tell you. <laughs> Alabama police. I'm going to suggest we go over on a Friday for some fish tacos at Taco Bell, but no. they don't have them. Uh, speaking of seafood, uh, you didn't even know this was coming. Thanks, Thank you, John. Alabama police say a dispute over crab legs at a dinner buffet ended in a brawl. Left two people did it involve Jameis Winston? Facing misdemeanor charges. It did not. Okay. Huntsville police officer Gerald Johnson said he was eating at the Meteor Buffet. The crabs are us? <laughs> not me. The Meteor Buffet. So, what do you think? Not <laughs> eating at any restaurant name for anything uh, astrological or whatever Meteor the word buffet. would be. What if it was crabs are us? Or nope. All <laughs> crab, no, city. crab City. Crab all city. the crabs you can eat. <laughs> right. Crab City. <laughs> Our surf and burp. Police officer Johnson told WHNT-TV that diners were using service tongs like fencing swords and plates were shattering. And <laughs> the, a same theory. the Samer theory is real. Yeah. And a oh. woman was beating a man. Uh, Johnson, the police officer, was actually there eating and saw all this. Uh, when he jumped into the fray, he said diners had been waiting in line for crab legs for more than 10 minutes and everybody lost their temper once the food came out. The TV station reports Chiquita Jenkins is charged with assaulting John Chapman, who suffered a cut to his head. Chapman is charged with disorderly conduct. It must be their technique that they're so good that people wait in line 10 minutes at Crab City and then fight their way in to get uh, (laughs) the Meteor Buffet. Meteor Buffet. Maybe the the word buffet is what throws me, I guess. Meteor I can handle. It was Meteor Cafe. No, Meteor. No, why Meteor? Meteors is a a Uh, rock that is flying through the sky. See, lighting is very important to me. The the ambiance of the lighting. What do you see at a place to dine? And I'm seeing one. Well, all just the word buffet. I'm oh. seeing. I'm seeing too harsh of a light. Okay. Just, just, okay. Buffets usually are bright. Yeah, I don't like that. I don't want to see. Plus, it. I'm going to smell like meat. Yeah, I don't want to go there. I'm not going there. <laughs> In Iowa, trying to sell her home is going viral thanks to what was supposed to be a joke post on Facebook expressing her hatred for the state. Uh, Wendy Lang posted a picture of herself in the snow to Facebook that unexpectedly went viral thanks to the text she included in the image that said, I hate Iowa, please buy my house. Lang said she didn't realize the photo was public, thinking she was sending it just to her son as a joke. Uh, The photo, however, went viral, bringing new interest to the listing of her home in Vinton, Iowa. Lang said she and her husband built the home in 2004, but they are now ready to move somewhere without snow. She said it's too cold and there's too much snow. I really don't hate Iowa, though. She said she was confused when her son told her the photo had been seen thousands of times. Uh, she said, I asked, had to ask him what viral meant. Lang's real estate agent, Jamie Gordon. Uh, no, that'd be Jamie. This will sell her the Jamie. house. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, the real estate agent said uh, the viral post could end up being a positive for the listing, despite the negative message. Uh, Gordon told the Des Moines Register, I think people are more or less going, ha ha, me too. I hate Iowa because of these big snowdrifts and all this ice. I don't think it's going to have a negative impact, though, on the sale of the house. Thanks, Johnny. You bet. All right, Johnny Cake. All right, uh, Mr. Reavers, uh, Mr. Sushere, and Mr. Olson in absentia. What do you call that word? Sure. That's close enough. All right. Uh, <laughs> he's out tending to the farm and all the snow and stuff. He'll be back, though, eventually, and you will enjoy more podcast garage logic version you can go to garagelogic.com which is our flagship website to find out all the other features that we have including what's on joe's bookshelf and author's corner and the latest creation from mr greg holcomb plus all the archives of all the podcasts that we have done 
prior to. GarageLogic.com. Don't forget to rate us on Apple iTunes. And in the spirit of podcast, don't forget on Podcast One and Apple iTunes, Table Talk with Rookie's Family. New version on Spring Travel out this morning at 2 a.m. We'll catch you next time. GarageLogic.com.